Satnam, I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Every single moment has every single thing. Every single moment has every single thing. If you're a surfer, where, this is like the water line, where on this wave do you want to ride? Do you want to ride here? Yes or no? No. Do you want to ride here? No. Do you want to ride here? No. Okay. You, yeah, you, you got to work here, right? Yeah. Do you want to ride here? That's the sweet spot, isn't it? And what if you get down too far into the trough on the sweet spot? What happens? You get sucked under, don't you? And you got to start all over. Find your board if it's not strapped to your ankle, right? If anybody ever says to you anything derogatory about boredom, correct them. Because boredom is the gateway to balance. And balance with your foot in boredom and your center in balance, you lean into the devotions of your choice. Inspiration, enthusiasm. When I came up with that idea, I was really inspired about that idea of Brass Beds Direct. Really inspired. And then it required a continuous dose of enthusiasm to keep it going. As a matter of fact, I wasn't at all surprised when Yogi Bhajan said, prove them wrong, because I knew they were wrong when they said it. But I didn't know they were wrong intellectually. I knew they were wrong emotionally. And don't you feel a lot of things emotionally in your gut? That you just know it's that gut feeling, right? It's called clairsentience. That, that sensation, that feeling that it's true and it's right. And so what you want to know is that if you're anxious, you're leaning too far. Back it up. This flip side of anxiety is excitement. And so you want to stay away from excitement and pull back just a little bit and turn it into inspiration. And you want to try to keep yourself up on this portion of the wave on a continuous basis. What was being said earlier today in one of the classes, it was when, when things are going great and when things are going bad, which one of you guys was talking about that? That the mastery treats it the same. Anyway, give them both a hand. Because I heard it and I ain't making this up. <laughs> But that's what you have to do, is you have to know that when something is in crisis, you've leaned too far into it. You've lost your foothold in boredom. Another, another word for boredom is stillness. Another property of that stillness is certainty. So if you're really good at something, 
and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you never fail, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you never fail, you get bored. That's certainty. And you work your buns off with determination to arrive at certainty. How many have ever been depressed today? I'm the only one? Come on. Every once in a while we go through it. I love depression. It's a heavy weight. You got to lift that sucker. You got to lift that sucker. And after you've done a few reps, you pop up off that bench and you ha ha. But without depression, you wouldn't be lifting, right? So the idea is that the way you get out of depression is through fire because depression is cold. And what's fire located in? And which is the gland that gives us the most fire? Satraj, what's the activity that builds that heat fire? The mitochondria. And the main mitochondria in the cells of the liver is what gives us our greatest amount of fire. And what fire is frustration and anger. Hmm? Frustration and anger. Frustration is fire without hope. Anger is fire with a lot of will. And both hope and will are part of the heart. So you're connecting your heart with your liver to create a fiery condition that's going to bring you out of depression and the feeling of being lost in order that you can arrive at what's called the wise use of anger, which is determination. Determination. Give me another word for determination. Tenacity, grit, doggedness, huh? commitment, perseverance, fortitude. Love, one of Yogi Bhajan's favorite words, right? Stubbornness. All of the above plus the ones that you have inside that you didn't mention. Those are all portions and parts of determination. And determination keeps a consistency. Determined. Determined. And consistency creates certainty. Yogi Bhajan used to have a favorite saying, slaying. Uh, <laughs> I'd kill you sometimes, but he'd have a favorite saying, and I don't know if he made it up, but it was, the secret to success is in the watermelon. If at first, and this is before there was the newfangled watermelon, if at first you don't succeed, <laughs> you know where we're going, right? <laughs> Keep on sucking. <laughs> right? And it was just suck seed until you suck seed. Keep up. Keep up. And that determination to keep up ends up giving you certainty. You love the certainty for a little while and then you get bored. And when you get bored, the way out of boredom is twofold. Rise into balance. 
or look for excitement. And excitement is a trap because the flip side is anxiety and it sucks you into chaos. And every single moment is made up like this. Every moment. By the way, moments exist forever. It's just happening to somebody else downstream. You understand? Because a moment is like a point of observation in a river. It's what the Buddha was talking about. And the Buddha was standing on the side of the river. What are some truths about that river? Where the Buddha was standing, he was noticing a point of perception. What's some other truths about the river? All, all of this is true. All is true. So, is the river a complete cycle? So, the river is... The Buddha is standing by the river. And the river is... That's the Buddha's point of perspective, right? That's the river that you're standing in right now. You're standing in a river of your life and you have a point of perception. But your river of life is already at the ocean of your plan, your, su your, your success, your, your dream, your idea. It's already there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, a river is not, not at the ocean. Correct? And the river is also at what other part? Its source. So your perspective is right here, ground level. When you feel frustrated by the rocks and the obstacles that are in your river at ground level, what do you need to do? Gain a higher perspective. perspective. Like one of you was saying earlier today, give them both a hand. In that moment that's filled with obstacles, your success is also there. And what will give you the greatest amount of enjoyment in your journey through the river of your existence is if you maintain in each moment that knowing that everything is all there. This, I was... This is probably the worst question I ever asked Yogi Bhajan. It was probably about a year before he passed away. And his body was really challenged. And I walk into his room, and you know how you do to kind of like fill the space? Satnam, sir, how are you doing? He's laying in bed like this. And he looks at me and he goes, Really? <laughs> You want me to go through that? Okay, I will. I am great. My body sucks. He closed his eyes. He wouldn't say another word to me. I sat there for however long I sat there. Then the staff came in and said I had to leave. I had all these questions I was going to ask him. And I fucked it up. <laughs> First thing out of my mouth, man. He says, I'm not dealing with this guy. Whoa, man. That was tough. 
every single moment. He just proved to me, right? And this guy was, you know, in his last year, and he knew it. And I asked him, how are you doing? So in those moments in which you feel like that, even if you feel like that physically, know that you're doing great. Your vessel is challenged. Or your seed still has some shell around it. Anybody in here have anyone in their life that can be nasty? Anyone in here have anyone in their life that is consistently nasty? If you're not raising your hand, you're either lazy or lying. <laughs> or you're just ignoring it. We all have everything. You were going, I am who I am. Now you're going, I'm not who you are? Really? No. How many in, our, in our, this room have someone in your life? That means there's 7.8 billion opportunities for that to be a yes answer. How many in this room have someone in your life that is consistently nasty? You may have never met them, but they're in your life. One of the thing, one of the one of the things that Yogi Bhajan said is when you've got someone in your life that is very very nasty. Thank God, because what they have done is they've taken on the role of a whole lot of the oppositional energy that is going to stimulate you. And if they weren't taking on that role, then it would have to be distributed. And if it is ever distributed at such a level that you can barely identify it, then it is sucking you lifeless and you don't know it. There was a teacher at our school in India who was really, really I mean, all the kids didn't like it, all of this staff didn't like it, everybody, nobody liked it. So we went to him and we said, we got we to change this situation. And he said, okay. We thought, oh, fantastic. He said, which of you is going to take on that role? Because if we take that person away, the role is still there. The role still has to be done. So when you have somebody that's very nasty in your life, just realize that they're part of that shell that's holding you, that's protecting you, that's defending you, that's doing all those things about you. And when you start feeling that, you begin to feel compassion for that person. When you start engaging that person compassionately, you start to dissolve the barbs and absorb the nutrition of that nastiness. Because some shells, as I said earlier, are so nasty that they're poisonous. But when you dissolve that poison, what is most medicine? Poison, poison particularly homeopathic medicine, 
It's homeopathic, it's, it's poison that has been diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted so that what it does is it enters your body and it absorbs itself. So it sucks all the poison out of your body and takes it out. So you have to reform, you have to reshape, you have to rebuild your entire attitude towards those that you feel are holding you back. And once you start shifting that, you become that sutra. There's a way through every block. Yogi Bhajan would say, embrace to erase. And so what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to sit in a silent meditation. And we're just going to be feeding the heart with this meditation. So we're going to be breathing through our tongue. That's Sitali breath. Take your right hand and place it over your heart center. Take your left hand and place it over the right and let the pads of your thumbs come together like this. And then you're going to inhale through your tongue and you're going to exhale as if you're blowing out a candle, a very gentle through your lips. And I want you to get a sensation of all of the obstacles, people, places, things in your world. And begin the process of compassionately dissolving their poison. Compassionately diluting their poison until it becomes your medicine. If you end up with a really important idea. Be sure to write it down. Because we're entering a dream state that will not be remembered. Hands crossed at the heart center. It doesn't have to be a person. It can even be your own self-doubt. It can be a place. It can be a job that you feel you're blocked and hung up in. It can be many things. Keep feeding your heart. Keep feeding your heart.
It was the Buddha who said that any sensation when experienced long enough turns into joy. Work with those blockages until you see the joyful passageway through. And as Guru Prem Singh was teaching us earlier, breathe in the diaphragm, the navel point, breathe all the way down into the abdomen. There is a way through every block. And it is contained within your seed of every moment. If you get a very important idea, write it down. Make yourself a note. If you want to know something, write about it. Wave after wave of time, solving and dissolving, wave after wave moment, moment, moment. Go deeper. Go deeper. working the gut brain with our breathing and our heart brain with our breathing. The head brain is feeling the balance, the neutrality of balance. A mantra that helps when you run against a particularly nasty piece of the shell is I forgive you. I forgive you. Because to forgive is to give forward from a moment that was in the past 
to this moment that you are to experience as now. If you run into a moment, into an object that is particularly nasty, into a person that is particularly nasty, I forgive you. I forgive you. I embrace you. I embrace you. Never allow a nasty person in your life to stay fixated in that position. Always keep them moving. The river is always moving. And as Gurudev Singh gave us that mantra, I like this. I like this. We have one minute left in this portion of the meditation. Line up those pieces that are nasty, that are confrontive. If we don't get through them all, tell them that you'll be back. We're going to add some solvent to the mix. Some dissolving solution to the mix. The mantra that contains your future as you overcome the obstacles of your present that have been retained from the past. Apsahai hoa sache da sacha doa hara 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 join. Apsahai hoa sache da sacha doa hara hara hara. Now you wait and inhale. Two, three, four. Apsahai hoa sache da sacha doa. A little more sound. Hara hara. Apsahai hoa sache da sacha doa hara 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 Apsahai hoa sache da sacha doa Hara, Hara, Hara. 
आप सहाय हो last minute be very clear you are the river the beginning and the end already exists it's a continuous cycle everything that you are to be you already are in the making the more profound your dreams the more profound the channels that your river takes to fulfill those dreams is just there to fulfill those dreams is just there 
And now, take a deep breath in. Through your lips, blow it out. Through your nostrils, breathe it in. Through Waheguru, blow it out. Through your nostrils, breathe it in. Through a Waheguru, breathe it out. Now, without coming out of your state, turn to the person or persons next to you. Arrange yourself without any fuss. Start talking about the fulfillments that are already there. Talk about the nasty shells that have been dissolved. Talk about it all. If you want to master something, you teach it. That's what you're doing right now. You're teaching it to your neighbors. So stay with your team. Stay with your little, your little group there. This is what we're working with. Here you are in what's called your reference point. You're standing on the river, on, on, in the river of your life. It's known as your presence. It's also known as the what is. But this point in the river of your life has blockages, has discomforts, has many things that are not exactly as you want them. Correct? And so you have preference. You have reference in your presence. You have reference and you have preference. What you want to do with preference is hold it in the I know position. I know that at some point in my river of life, my preference is fulfilled. I know that my plan to do this, 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 and whatever is my plan, therefore it is my goal, therefore it is my dream, therefore it has the opportunity. I wouldn't have that dream if it wasn't an opportunity. An opportunity registers in our psyche as a dream, a goal. That's what an opportunity does. It's when we mix doubt into it, and here's how we do it. We live in our reference, which is our presence, which is the what is, and we think about our preference, which is the what we want. But we don't live in, therefore, because we're always thinking about our preference, we're not living in our presence. What we're living in is called the difference. And when you're living in the difference, you're filled with misopportunities. When you're living in the difference between your presence and your preference, missed opportunities because you're spending so much energy focused on your preference that you're not paying true attention to your presence, to your reference point. So you're on the side of the river, checking it out, wanting the ocean, or whatever it is that your outcome, preferred outcome is, however you want to relate to it. And instead of going, 
I know the river gets there. You're going, what the fuck is this rock all about, you know? Why is this tree here? Why, you know? And that's the difference. So excuse me, but I had to say it using a word that defines it because that's a word that we all use when we get into that situation. You know, we either use it or think it of some form. Yeah. And so we don't want to live in our difference. We want to live in our presence knowing that our preference is a part of the river. Faith. Vertebra C1. Right underneath the reticular formation, which is the medulla and the pons, which I talked to you about on the other day. That instinctual behavior that's always in the difference. And so, what we have here in these three days is we came in from everywhere. We come from the future. We have been installed in a physical form that has genetic opportunities and possibilities and blockages and all of those things. But this genetic form is identical to what our cosmic incarnation needs to fulfill our preference. So once we get into the flow of our genetic form, we rise up through all of those parts of our genetic form. And one of the ways that we can rise up through the parts of our genetic form is known as Kundalini Yoga, as taught by Yogi Bhajan. And we use all of these things to move up through. Then we experience the overwhelming sensation of, oh my God, I can have my dream. And when you fulfill that sensation of, oh my God, I can have my dream, it scares the hell out of you. Because your identity was always mixed up in, God, I wish, geez, I hope, God, I wish, this is hard, da-da-da. And all of a sudden, the dragon of your dreams in the five tattvas is facing you, saying, hey, grasshopper, <laughs> you want to try getting on this back? <sighs> and it breathes you fire. And then it raises up its claws and its wings, and it tries to scare the hell out of you. And you go, up, so hi, ho, such a da, such a do, That mantra plays in every one of my locations, my work location and my living location, 24 7, because now we got streaming and all kinds of good stuff. You can get a loop going really well, you know? It's always there in the background. I'm always being reminded that huh? it means that everything that is a blockage, everything that is a challenge, everything, no matter what it is, no matter how large it is, can be overcome. Just a, mo just a mention, all of these I just scanned. You send an email to gurusing at gurusing.com, you'll get two things in return you'll get access to a Dropbox that has the recordings of all of these classes, and you will have all of this art. This art will be in, in JPEG files, and the recordings will be in MP3 files. And you can just either stream them or download them.
get on that dragon, you keep on sucking on that breathing tube that God's given us in this lifetime, right? And you get up on that and you get thrown off and you get back up on that and you get thrown off and you get back up on that and you figure it out. Because insistency of consistency, it's also called keep up. And you get on that dragon, now you've got transportation for the new dimensions and the new evolution. Because the solutions to the problems of this three-dimensional, four-dimensional world are not in three and four dimensions. We mentioned that earlier. The solutions are in those conditions. Like when Yogi Bhajan was having the Throttakam picture taken. We just thought he needed headshots. We just thought he wanted to look good. And he was looking and looking and looking and looking. He told the guy to shut up and looking and looking and looking. And that's it. Because he knew that was the picture that had no Yogi Bhajan in it. That was the picture that if you stared into those eyes, those eyes were not his. Those eyes were just channels into infinity where you could see your own infinite known, your own infinite self. And that's what we were doing, was it yesterday where we did this? Or day, huh? Tommy's class. Tommy's class? Yeah, where we were staring eyes into eyes. How many of you were going, which eye should I stare into? <laughs> right? At first, that's how we all start out, right? But eventually your eyes relax and they go parallel. The moment your eyes go parallel, you use the other optical nerve. Just very quickly. White Tantric Yoga has been mentioned. White Tantric Yoga. Okay, if we took a top view of your head, here's one eye, here's the other eye, here's the object, right? When your eyes are looking like this, they're called convergent vision. When your eyes are in convergent vision, you use these optical nerves that run against the optical cortex in the back of your skull. Okay? Eyes, object, optical nerves. But if you look beyond that which is, in other words, you call what's parallel your eyes, if you look like this, so in eyes into eyes, that means your right eye is looking into the left eye, your left eye is looking into the right eye all of a sudden your eyes have gone parallel, you use the secondary optical nerves. And the secondary optical nerves cross in the center at the pituitary gland, which is also known as the third eye. That's how you turn the third eye on. I don't know if any of you have uh, had the experience in white tantric yoga, but when your eyes go parallel, your partner goes berserk. That's just a figure of speech. You know, your partner starts changing shape, starts doing all kinds of things. You, you, you're in a world, and what happens is that you get a little afraid of that world, so you whoom, bring your eyes back to convergent vision so you can see your partner's nose or you can see your partner's eye. But everyone has the capacity to turn on their third eye. Just practice paralleling your eyes. And you will turn on the optical nerves that cross in the center that turn on the pituitary gland, which is the master gland for the emotional body. The master gland for the emotional body turns into the master gland for the devotional body. And all of a sudden, now with your parallel vision, Yogi Bhajan said he always walked around with parallel vision. The lady that was his testing person for his driver's license said to us when he had passed, she said, he passed because he didn't fail. 
but I hope you never let him drive. <laughs> because she knew this guy wasn't normal. And this guy wasn't seeing normal. You know, you know, he's driving a spaceship. She was just glad she got back safe. So you can be totally psychic, totally intuitive, totally knowing. Practice, practice, practice. The insistency of consistency. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There's going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.